Welcome to Black Sports 980. It's your, your host, Laws, back in the building. Uh, you know, same same crews in the, in, the, in the building today. We got Aaron, we got Shaq Daddy, we got D with us. Um, and, you know, we're going, we're here to talk sports. Uh, we got a lot of things that's going on. I mean, last week we didn't get a chance to talk. I meant to bring this up, but we didn't get a chance to talk about Dez Bryant and how they try to play my man Dez all crazy in the locker room when clearly it was a racial slur that was that had my man heated like that, but they just downplayed it. And and, it, and then, you know, just to get things started off, it was kind of interesting to me that they didn't, when it, when it came to the racial slur, first of all, they didn't say what the racial slur that was said, like they didn't say or report what was actually said. And it's just like, it was just interesting how the media was protecting, like, now you ain't heard nothing about it. Like it's just, it's just, it's like gone. Did, did, did that? Was that strange to y'all? From what I had um, heard, it was kind of a he said versus he said, um, and it was what Des perceived. It wasn't exactly what was said, so there wasn't anything to report on as far as the word that was used. It's just how Des took what was said, or kind of what how the reporter insinuated what he wanted to say without using a specific word so it wasn't anything they could actually say well he used the n-word or he used the word thug or whatever it wasn't a specific word it was more so the wording of how they said the item and what that caught des and des called him out on it so it was kind of a just kind of up in the air so i think that's why there wasn't really any report as to what was said because it was just an interpretation thing which okay. us as the culture would interpret it one way and we don't know if the reporter was really popping slick or if he was just kind of speaking without thinking yeah well whatever it was had dad's out of out of pocket he was kirking and you I know, heard. I, well go here yeah i heard something a little different well a lot different than what akil said um what i heard was that the reporter who's black specifically called I guess the guy on the team last name uh, like street or streeter mm-hmm. called him a street and Dez overheard it and he's Cut saying him. not not necessarily the racial aspect but be professional you you might be blacking in the locker room but why are you talking to this person like you know what I mean like one of your buddies on the street or something like that you're a reporter mm-hmm. you report on it be professional that's what I heard specifically oh oh yeah man I that's crazy that's crazy well that, that seems like that's that's behind them they got the they, they man Romo back with them so it looks like they just trying to get a W here uh, this week um, so starting off our topics that we got set out um, is the first topic which is close to home when they, when, that, when I read this uh, this morning this uh, article uh, that was you know written by some blogger I don't even know the, the gentleman's name that that uh put this blog up but it's talking about making sports radio better tackling the issues of diversity and so you know i mean of course this is black sports 980 so we're going to talk you know things that are relevant in the you know in the black community and different things like that but you know as fans of sports you know generally one of the reasons and, and i've reiterated, reiterated this in the past is that we started this because we just feel like there is no diversity in our media market here and we're we're constantly um, just without a voice. And it's not just African-Americans, I'm talking about Hispanics, I'm talking about all minorities, 
uh, different races that just don't have a voice as far as the media market is concerned and in relationship to sports. And so uh, this this dude, you know, he he wrote down and, and cited facts and went through the different uh, media markets. And he just basically broke down the statistics of the non-white media that work in these different areas. And he went, you know, all over the country, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, Washington, DC. And he just broke down the, uh, the demographics of the people that live in that, in those regions, the, uh, you know, who the media, um, authority is and who the listening body is. And so he broke it down. And of course, because we're in this, this area, you know, my main major concern was just the Washington DC uh, area. And, you know, here we have two of the main, uh, two of the main radio stations that, you know, the media, that sports media come from, you got 106.7 fan and you got ESPN 980. And so you got though, you got the junkies uh, on 106.7, you got Grant and Danny, you got Chad Dukes, you got uh, and and that that's pretty much it for for the just for the day slots. And then on ESPN 980, you got um, Tony Kornheiser. You got the Sports Fix with uh, Kevin Sheehan, Tom Lavero inside the locker room. You have uh, what Doc Walker, Brian Mitchell. What's the other dude's name? What's Scott that? Jackson. Scott Jackson. And then you have the uh, the drive with Cooley, Steve Zabin, um, Al Goldie, and all of those guys. And so they they looked at all all of these people, and basically we have two non-white people, and all those radio stations we just named is two non-white people that that have a voice. And so, I mean, that's a problem. You said what? And another problem is they're on the same show. It's not like they're split up throughout the day. So if you, on your drive home or to work, you get no diversity because that show comes on at two o'clock and then goes off at four o'clock. Yeah, and and, and and these are these aren't like these are middle-aged white white people, like middle age, and and that's the demographic that they're 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 catering to. Um, I mean, the if if what I'll do is I'll, I'll tweet out the actual link so people can look at it because like the stuff here is legit like i mean i'm, I'm looking at it he, he he broke down the demographic the population in the area he broke down you know he all the statistics are there so it's like you can't really i mean you can question the statistics themselves but i mean all the information is there and 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 i believe it because when he says that there's one percent of our uh um he was like saying that there's only 1% of the key on-air talent is Hispanic. Yet they make up 22% of the population in these markets. So you, so even for Hispanic people, like you have 22% population, our population filled with Hispanic people, but only 1% of them are represented in like sports media. Like that just, that's that disparity that is too great. You know what I'm saying? And so... When you look at that, that's a problem. That is a problem. And 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 I hope that this, you know, gets some attention so that that can change. And it, and it I mean, it went from the top down. It talked about like even at the uh the uh, what is it? The general manager level that of these companies that run these radio stations, like 
it's less than 5% of minorities that even work in those positions to hire, um, you know, non-white um, personnel to, to, their, to their staff. And so, I mean, you look at that and it's the same trend. We talk about it in football, how the GMs, they hire, you know, they're less likely to hire black coaches. And because you don't have black, you know, but coaches, then the quarterbacks, that relationship, it all ties together. As you know, when you look at it, it all ties together. I mean, you, you got any thoughts on it, D? I mean, to be quite honest with you, I'm gonna probably defer to you guys. I don't, I don't get an opportunity to listen to a whole lot of sports, sports radio. Um, so, I mean, I mainly see it on the, the, the sports media that I see is mainly on TV. Um, but I don't, I don't get a chance to really listen to sports radio per se because I ride in a car with a broken antenna, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can hey, we keep it one hundred, y'all. We keep it one hundred. Ain't no Ben's coops over here. We just the seven iron. But uh, yeah, nah. I mean, I I listen to the radio, and I I know what it is, and that's why I be outraged and I be angry, and and people are like, you know, why does everything? I'm like, look, man, this is how it is in this market. Like, we don't have a voice. Even the voice that we did, we did have, because you know they didn't they had a, the uh, the Monday morning. What what is it? Um, the man cave jump. They had that with uh, Jason Reed, and what's the what's the other dude's name? Um, Chris. Uh, what is it? What is it? Huh? Chris Paul. Oh yeah, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. So they got they got Chris Paul and they got Jason Reed. And so I don't even like I haven't even heard them in a minute, you know? Like I like I mean I think they had a Monday morning quarterback, but since then I haven't really heard anything with them. So I'm just kind of confused. Like, where's the diversity? Where's the diversity? It's it just it's just non-existent. And you know, I don't have nothing against any you know any of them personally. I like well that's that's what white people say about black people when they be like oh. Well, I don't have anything against them personally. I, dang, my have the tables have turned. I don't, but I like Tony Kornheiser. I like, I mean, they do have David Aldridge that comes on the show a lot of times. Outside of them, and of course Brian Mitchell and and Doc Walker, everyone else, I feel like they're not. They don't talk or address like racial issues within sports as much as they are. Like I, I saw. Uh, I saw a thing today, uh, what do you call a meme? I saw a meme today where it had, and I think I sent it out to the group, but it had Cam Newton and said when he celebrates, you know, a mom writes a letter and, and they talk about he need to get disciplined. But when Aaron Rodgers celebrates, this Bama get a commercial. Whoa, he got the discount double check down, State Farm. They give Bama a, a, an endorsement deal, you know, for his celebration and like, we see those things, but like the media market's not going to talk about that. They're going to steer clear of that. They're not even going to insinuate that or bring that up as maybe even a possibility. They're just going to just like stick to the, you know, is, is Cam Newton wrong for celebrating or is he right? You know, but they're not going to really get into like the, the under the rug. That's what, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get under the rug because if we don't talk about these issues, then you know, the problems that we have will continue to persist. They just will. We have to be willing to address it, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's 
you know, kind of, you know, not not something that you necessarily maybe want to talk talk about all the time because you may not be able to identify. And I'm talking for people who are who are, you know, not African American or of minority descent. Like you may not identify and may not, you know, mean anything to you. But like for our world to get better, like this has to happen. Like there needs to be open dialogue. It needs to be honest dialogue in regards to like the relationship that racism plays in, in sports. And mainly it will never get addressed as long as the media is skewed this way. It will just, it just won't get addressed. You know, any anybody have anything else to add on that? Aaron, I, think, I, I mean, Aaron. you got a lot to say. Cause you, yeah, you, that's you, why you I said to defer to him. One more thing that's the issue. To, to be considered a contributor, as a minority, it seems like you have to have played the game. Like, I haven't seen any guys who they just pick up out of school who are sports journalists. You have to have been in the NFL, been in the NBA, retired to actually get a role on one of these radio programs. That's the issue with us. Yeah. And so I mean, you're I, saying that the, the other the other side of that doesn't have those same credentials as far as their their work history. They don't they don't play the game. They don't coach the game they don't they're not involved in the game in any way other than being fans and having actually studied to be on the radio that's all they need exactly okay yeah I'm, I'm not a, i'm not a sports radio fan either so i mean what i've what from what i've seen and what i've heard my issue with sports radio is always it seems like the armchair quarterbacks are the ones that get the shows. How they get those shows, I have no idea. Because I, I like to know that people have credentials. Like, Kornheiser's been writing for Washington Post about sports for how many years before he's actually on the radio for sports. These A lot of these guys, they come out of nowhere doing what we're doing now, but they get these big opportunities, whereas there hasn't been anybody else to do that and get these opportunities. Um... I mean, the other thing I noticed, and I believe it was our friend Dante that shared this article, so shout out to him um, for pointing this out to us. I was able to look at the, the charts in there and look at the numbers and see that in the top 10 markets in the United States, some of these cities, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, um, there's huge cities out there, and there's less than 35, per there's less than 30 personalities total in the entire United States that are non-white. That's ridiculous that in the 10 largest markets you have less than 30 across 24 hours of programming on most of these stations. There's very few of them that go to commercials or go to actual sports broadcasts during the day. A lot of it is talking time. So out of 20 to 24 hours in a day, you have less than 35 people, 30, 35 people of color. That's insane to me. That's crazy. That's crazy, because you know they they talk more immigration now, trying to keep people out. That means the the population has, has flipped over. There's more minorities here than there are white people. Um, you know, and and like to not be willing to like, you know, it's like almost like it's like being held, like nah, this belongs to us, and opposed to just opening it up. I mean, if you have the you know a diverse environment you know it promotes it makes things better it makes things better it just does i mean it makes things better if you just make a bowl of rice and you just have a bowl of rice and you don't put no seasoning on it no butter no nut like it just it's bland it's just man you just it don't taste good that's that 
God made us all different colors and, and ethnic backgrounds so that we could like help grow each other. And so, you know, I think that th th this definitely needs to um, be talked about more. And, you know what I'm saying? We the only we the only game in town that's going to really talk about it. That's, that's just real talk. We the only game in town. So I, I doubt very seriously that as you're driving home, listening to Chris Cooley and Steve Zabin, they're going to be talking about diversity in, in sports media because they're part of the problem that we have. So it, it's going to take, you know, guys like us, other other blog writers to to bring this this issue to light. And so, you know, I I, I mean, at, at this point, I don't expect it to, to change. But, you know, for our program, I want to just let it be known that that uh, we support diversity here, too. You know what I'm saying? We, we young African-American brothers on the call and, and we, we have our ideas about different things and stuff. But I, we support diversity, too. And so today we got a special guest um, going to join us today. Uh, my man, Dylan, he's supposed to be uh, giving us a call once once I get the once he calls in, we'll, you know, we're going to talk to him and really, you know, get, get his take on stuff. Because if we don't, if we don't, if we're just like giving our opinion and we just keep it to just, you know, relegated to our race or, you know, our culture, then, you know, we're doing the same thing. We, we, you know, we be the, the pot calling the kettle black. We, we, we have to be willing on both sides to just open the door, you know, and, and, and try new things. So... As soon as he joins us, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll ask him some questions. We'll talk to him about different things. Um, so as we move forward in the, in the, in the program, just to uh, talk about some things, uh, we're gonna we're gonna transition over to the NFL. And right now, they're talking about Kirk Cousins. You know, you hit a contract extension or whatever, whatever. And so there's a lot of guys that that are uh, right now in place for uh, contract extensions, or or they're they're free. They're about to hit the free agent market soon. So one of the guys that we we have is Kirk Cousins. So we're gonna play a little game. So the game is uh, keep them or toss them. And so I'm gonna go around. I'm gonna ask you guys if we should, if the, if, the, if, the, if the team should keep the person or if they should just, you know, toss them. So one of the players, uh, the first one we got on the list is uh, Kirk Cousins. Aaron, keep him or toss him. The way things are panned out, short term you have to keep him, but as far as a long term option, you have to toss him. He's not gonna win anybody in Super Bowls or playoff games. You like that? So, you like that? Okay. Draw. Now you, say, now, you say keep them. You mean the home team keeping them? Or tossing them? Yeah, yeah. The team he's on, keep them or tossing them. The team he's on. Oh, okay. You got to keep them. You got to keep Kirk Cousins. You like that? The Russians are in the final like right now. They, they got no choice but to keep Kirk Cousins. But unfortunately, he's not the starter, but they got to keep him. <laughs> now, two days oh. ago, I said keep them, but today I say toss them into the Potomac. You like that? You like that? <laughs> Why you say that? Because I just I I I don't like him. I don't like him as a quarterback. He and and I saw how many people really went in depth about their passion and love for him 
and how amazing what he did against the Saints was. And I had I saw one guy on Twitter. I'm not gonna say a name because I don't want to be sued or nothing for defamation of character. But this idiot was talking about he's never seen anybody play that good against the Saints. Not realizing two weeks ago Eli threw for two more touchdowns in the same amount of yards, right? Or however many yards, right? It's, it's ridiculous that you would say something like that, and that just proves your intelligence as a sports fan that two weeks ago a quarterback did better numbers and you see how bad the defense was but oh my god he did so good he's nobody's ever done that good against the saints this season and get out of here man toss that bam in the potomac and take all his fans with him <laughs> oh man you know that you know he got a jersey 94 dollars at the nfl shop you can get his jersey now that's no, that's nice be on I mean, that's how much jerseys are, period. So, whatever. It'll be on sale. It'll be on class, right? be on the Marshall sales rack with the yeah. RG3 ones right now, because that's where RG3s are right now. Go to Marshall's and get one for $22. Find the TJ Maxx somewhere, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, move on, because we're done with Kirk, man. Yeah, okay, Kirk's done. Next on the, on the list, Josh Norman, the cornerback from the Panthers. So let me just give you a little bit. He's tied for second in the league with four four INTs. So, you know, and a couple weeks ago, he was first in the league in, in INTs. Uh, do you keep him after this season? I don't know how much money you got to pay him, but, but do you keep him? Let me go first on this one. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. You already started. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm about to say who you're asking because this should be unanimous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, and I'm pretty sure that everybody else would agree with me. And I'm basing this off experience being that I'm a Seahawks fan. Simply for continuity's sake, when your defense is frying the way it's frying, you let them play. You keep whoever you can together, especially if your guy's one of the leaders in the league. So you got to keep them. And I'm pretty sure everybody else feels the same way on that one. Yeah, nah, yeah. Most, most. Pay that man his money, man. Pay that yeah, man. Most, most, most definitely. So we we finally uh, we finally been uh, joined by Dylan Meyer. He's a uh, up and coming comedian around the way. What's up, Dylan? Glad you could join hey. us today. What's up, dude? Hey. How's it going? What's up, man? This is this is this is uh, our part of the segment. We we're gonna call it, you know, ask a white guy. We just uh, told the, the fans that we promote diversity here. So. Uh, um, well, I am proud know. to be your white guy today, Harold. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. So, 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 since you're, 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 uh, you know, everybody knows you're, you're a comedian. Uh, you know, tell us a joke, man. Make us laugh. <laughs> okay. So this is a this is a totally understandable uh, move by you. Sure, I'm a comedian. Let's hear a joke. But that is actually the worst thing to say to a comedian. <laughs> we, we, we hear it all the time. And uh, the thing is, like, you know, gone are sort of the days of just having a joke where it's set up punchline. Not a lot of guys do that anymore. It's more, uh, it's more storytelling and sort of building, building a little story and taking it somewhere you're not expecting to go. Yeah. But uh, I'll I'll tell you a joke one day. It'll it's not family friendly. We'll see. Uh, be, uh, right. be serious, then. Be serious. Then. Be serious. <laughs> so 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 tell tell everybody where you're from, Dylan. Like 
like you know we talk sports here i mean this is this is like you know black sports 980 but you know we we promote diversity and so you know tell the people where you're from like your background you know where you uh you know what teams you follow sure uh well let's see i mean i moved around the u.s a little bit and then when i was five we uh, ended up in dc for a little while and then moved to maryland and uh, been there pretty much the whole time and uh all the local teams all, gotta be local local Anything all local, day yes all day every day so you gotta so, have a reason to me if you have a favorite team you need a reason you gotta have some sort of you can't just be like oh these guys are good that's yeah, easy. Nah. so so let me ask, so yeah can't bandwagon so so since you are a home team guy you know what, what do you think about Kirk Cousins and they, them talking about contract extensions and all, all of that stuff so you think he's he's deserving of it yet because he beat the Saints or you know what, what's, what's your thoughts on that oh man it's um it's sort of we, you know we had this great game really great game and uh it's sort of like after you go out with a girl you know have a nice date maybe things after the date go pretty well the next day you're oh man she's great she's great man telling all your friends about her right yeah you haven't gotten in the fight yet or or you forgot the fight right Mm -hmm. at some point he's going to do something that uh we're not going to like you know and the carolina defense is obviously very good so that's the (laughs) i could see josh norman you know making him pay Eventually, something like that's going to happen, and it's going to bring us back down to earth. Um, you know, he's not—he's not, he's not going to put up a perfect quarterback rating every week. But yeah. that was—that was fun to watch, and uh, I think he's definitely getting better. And and really, like what I always say is, um, you know, if not, then who? So this is sort of something that you can relate, I'm sure, Harold. Mm-hmm. If you remember Brendan Haywood. Brendan Haywood was... He's trash. Just, he was the trash. He was trash. He was this soft center. We were all expecting, oh, seven foot North Carolina, all excited. Should have been good. Never really panned out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a, a serviceable NBA center for a while. And so everyone was like, oh, get rid of Brendan Haywood. Get rid of Brendan Haywood. And the, the uh, question was always, if not him, then who? Who are you going to replace him with? How, how are you going to get that production elsewhere? You look at the upcoming free agents with quarterbacks, and uh, it's not—it's not good, man. Well, are we talking like Ryan Fitzpatrick, or you know, I mean, yeah. Matthew Stafford, who is is not very good right now. So, I think I would rather re-sign him and at least have some stability. You know, see if he keeps improving. Nothing crazy. Let's not let's not go Hainsworth on him. But, you know, just keep him around a couple more years. Right, let Scott McGlue do his thing. Yeah, I, I trust. I I trust Scott. I just don't trust Kurt. So, I, I I'm Hard with you. Trust. I mean, if, if not him, you know, who do you bring in? You know, right. I mean, but when he plays bad, I feel like I could do a better job. And you've seen me play, so <laughs> I, I just, you know, what I'm saying, I don't. <laughs> right. I, just, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't know, man. So, Sometimes, so yeah, yeah. You see some of those plays he's making sometimes, and you're just like. You can you can call it out before it even happens. And that's not what I want for my quarterback. So yeah. we'll see. So so Kirk Cousins skins all of that to the side. Back to you being a comedian. 
So what would you say is like the hardest part of like, you know, trying to be a comedian? Because I mean, you're, you're, you're on the grind, you you know, you're trying to right. go and doing shows, doing different things. Like, what do you think the hardest part of, of being a comedian is? Uh, I would say the hardest part for sure is, is probably what is the hardest part in anything else you do, um, which is just the hard work. I mean, it's, um, it's fun and, you know, there's, there's late nights and good times and all that. But at the end of the day, it's just like any other career where um, the people that work hard are going to do well and the people that don't won't. So that's definitely the hardest thing is sometimes you need to go out and you need to do the work and you may not always see the results right away. You know, seeing these little incremental gains, you may not notice them, you know, but mm-hmm. when someone hasn't seen you in six months and they see you again, they, oh my God, you've gotten so much better. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't see, sometimes the slope isn't steep enough that you can see that you're really climbing. So mm-hmm. just, you know, the hardest part is just to keep moving forward. Well, what's the difference between when you're performing in front of a black crowd or you're performing in front of a white crowd? Because I mean, you're a white guy and then you're trying to perform in front of black crowds. Like, what? Like, what do you do? Like, what? How do you navigate that? Okay, um, so the the big difference is, and you know, like people people are people. So at the end of the day, if someone's funny, everyone's gonna have a good time, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but the like all black rooms so to speak those crowds are usually just a lot more honest you know a lot of a lot of stiffer rooms um if you want to call them that are they're they're kind of afraid to laugh at a couple things because it's maybe it's not uh, pc or maybe they um want to see if everyone else is laughing they don't want to be the only one laughing um and then also sometimes if something is is bad, they'll still they'll politely laugh or applaud or something like that. Mm-hmm. No way. In the all black room, it's just if if you're bad, they'll let you know. <laughs> and if you're good, they'll let you know also. Like you know, they're there to have a good time. So put up or show up. You know. So you you so if you're in front of an all black crowd, you just start joning on the people in the front row, and then they just start laughing. <laughs> the I would too. <laughs> well. Yeah, if you showed up to every show, I could do that. But you know, <laughs> got him. Got him. You got to bring. You got to bring energy. You got to bring um, enthusiasm. You know, they don't want to speak to some other um, mundane white guy speaking in a monotone voice. Um, it, Chris Rock said that he would rather go to a bad. Uh, black comedy show than a okay white one because at least the the black comedians are going to be like trying to entertain you know putting some emotion and energy into it um, mm-hmm. and so that's you know it's, it's just all about like actually reciprocating the energy that they are showing so no matter what room it is I think I've got, I actually came to see you one time, and I and I laughed. Like I mean, you, you're a funny dude from from, from me knowing you, that. being around you and stuff. So so I, I definitely can, you know. I mean, I just if you're funny, I, I'll laugh. You know, it's, I really don't have no discrimination. <laughs> so so since you're on our show and we talk like we talk the real, we talk you know race issues and sports, we talk all types of stuff. So 
the last question we have for you this evening this is the dun 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 you know uh, why, why do you think some some white people not all but some uh, are uncomfortable talking about like race and racial issues and stuff uh well i think there's a lot of um a lot of different reasons and um you know, I obviously don't speak for all white people, so I don't know what what each you do today. Reason. You do today. <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the um, representative today. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm the customer rep. Um, so I think it's it's a couple different reasons. Uh, one, sometimes just being that you know, some, sometimes they're racist. They they are and they are knowingly, and they don't want to you know they don't want to explore changing that that's who they are and you know they don't they don't want to get into why people think that's wrong that's who they are they like and those people their their minds are going to be very difficult to change uh some people um they don't want to talk about it because uh, it makes them uncomfortable because they may hear something that they don't want to hear um you know some people will avoid uh, talking to an ex or someone or someone from their past because they know that there are certain uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. And mm-hmm. so just like that, I think people avoid that topic because, you know, you don't want to be at Thanksgiving and someone brings up um, that time that, you, you know, your grandpa was, uh, was drunk and, you know, like broke the whatever you know people don't want to bring that up because then well because then now grandpa's embarrassed oh well then now mom is mad at grandpa now everyone's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you don't want to be uncomfortable you know and so it's kind of it's kind of cowardly in in a sense that we some people some white people would rather not discuss it than discuss something where they have to address something that they don't want to address something they don't want to really you know admit to um Mm -hmm. And um, I, yeah, I think it's just some people don't don't want to change. They want to say, "Oh, that's you know, that's like politics. You don't talk about that." But mm. you know, it's society. We all have to find a way to interact with one another, and we are all people. Like, what is? I don't get it, Harold. I, you know, what, what's the deal? Why, why are these people? Why don't they? Uh, why can't we all just get along? Right? Yeah. Nah. I mean, I, I feel you. You know, I, I think that you, you're right. It is a difficult issue to, to discuss, talk about. You know, because there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of, you know, hurt that 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 surrounds it. And then there's different viewpoints. You know, people don't necessarily like understand the same viewpoint. Like, you know, some some things are the same, and then other things are, are just different. But you know, I think right. in order to have change, in order to have you know growth or progress. You kind of gotta like just put all the cards on the table, you know. I, I like I equated to like when I was like young, you know, I got in a fight with a kid that I was just beefing with, and then after we fought, we were like, oh, all right, like we're friends, like okay, like cool, you know. We just kind of like right. get it out of the air, get out of your system, you know. Yeah, get it out of your system and just just keep it moving. So, you know, but I, I do appreciate you know you coming on, you rapping with us for a little bit, you know. Hopefully, we will get you on again. You know what I'm saying? No and then, uh, we'll, you know, we'll give you like a 30-minute set. You can just tell jokes the whole call, and then we'll just, <laughs> we'll just listen to you. You know what I'm saying? 
but uh appreciate you you know are you wanna you you performing anywhere that you wanna put out there yeah i'll actually uh, tomorrow night i'll actually be in uh leesburg virginia and uh show is at um show is at nine o'clock we're gonna get it cracking the headliner is tommy Simbazo. check it out online we're gonna get we're gonna get real frisky in there if anyone lives in virginia you should come out Oh yeah, Leesburg. Uh, that's an all white crowd, bro. That's an all white crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, just I hope sure. not. I don't <laughs> uh, nah, man. But we really appreciate, man. You know, we definitely want to try to support you. Um, you know, if you want to send Likewise. it to me, you know, just te- text me the, the info and I'll tweet it out. From, you know, from my page and stuff like that, so that the fans can come and support you, man. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Sure, man. I uh, can't wait to be back. Can't wait to see you again. You're a good guy. All right, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, guys. Keep going. All right. All right. See ya. Yeah. So that that's that's how man, my man Dylan, and you know what I'm saying he's an honest, honest white brother. I mean, he's just gonna keep it, keep it 100. I thought, you know, and what, what did y'all think? What do y'all think about his answers to those questions? I mean, I thought they were. All right, no, he, so, just, he kept it simple and honest. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And that's all we. That's all we want. We just want you know simple and honest and uh, open. You know what I'm saying? We we trying to you know be open as much as possible here on our show. Uh, back to what we were talking about free agencies before we, we you know we brought Dylan on. Um, the uh, next free agent we have on the list is Von Miller. Y'all bringing him back, Von Miller? Yes. Same thing as Josh Norman. Keep him. Why? Why would you change it when your defense yeah. is beasting out? Why change yeah. it? Why change? Doug Martin. What y'all doing? Y'all y'all resigning Doug Martin? He's on pace right now for thirteen hundred yards and six touchdowns, roughly. That's just the uh, projection. I would say yeah. I, mean, I would say I would say bring back Doug Martin. Uh, it shouldn't cost too much because uh, he had a. A down season last year. I mean, this year he's come back to his rookie form, and he shouldn't be too much of a running back. And he's young, so it'd be a good nucleus to have with him and Winston and Mike Evans to kind of build around. Yeah. I mean, All that right. one goes in line with the same thing as as what Dylan was just saying. If not him, then who? So he's not playing bad enough to where you want to replace him. He's playing good, so just keep him there. You don't think Charles Sims can can hold the fort down? It's possible, but you're not guaranteed. So why, if if you can get him for the right price, why not keep him? Like, of course, if he wants Adrian Peterson money, you toss him. But if he wants a reasonable contract, keep him. Yeah, yeah. Sims is an unproven commodity, like as the number one back. So you don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah. What What about Alshon Jeffrey? All right, he's going to bring him back. Period. If, if the Bears don't pay him, somebody gonna pay him. Six three wide receiver. I mean, there's not a whole lot of those out there. He's gonna get paid. He's gonna ask for big money. Period. I mean, yeah, you gotta give it to him. There. What about now? We now we into the hard ones. No homo. Greg Hardy. No. Toss him into a mental institution. <laughs> yeah, he got. Hold on. He got in five games. He got four sacks. Talk him into a missile institution. Don't matter. You can you can get that production. You can get that production elsewhere. It might come by committee, but he's too much of a, a 
liability. Talk him into a mental institution. Let him get some help, and maybe right. bring him back after he get out. Alpha Morris. Alpha Morris. It depends on how much. It depends on how much you got to pay him. It's tough because I got Matt, wrestling got Matt Jones, and they don't necessarily have to bring back Alpha Morris. I mean, he's lost the carry down a little bit, and, and, and he doesn't even have the. If you look at him from his rookie season, his, his attempts, rushing attempts have gone down every year. And mm-hmm. he's on pace for that to happen again this year. So it seems like they're using him less and less. So I don't necessarily... He doesn't He doesn't have that game-breaker ability that Matt Jones... Yeah. Even though he's not very fast, it seems like Matt Jones has game-breaker ability. So yeah. I wrote down toss him and go with Matt Jones, and I think I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Toss him and go with Matt yeah. Jones. Yeah. yeah, he's not doing too too tough this year either. You know, it's kind of it's sad to see seven sixty three. That's what he's on pace for the end of the year. Not even make even crack a thousand yards. That's what he's on no. pace. Well, I look yeah, at he, Alpha Morris though. He's a, he's a replaceable back. There's nothing in his game that's like oh my goodness. Everything is like a a B minus. Like all his like attributes are like a B minus. The you only know, thing, the only have... positive for him is he's humble. That's it. everything else is replaceable. Yeah, but humble doesn't get you rushing off. I know. So. I'm not saying it does, but that's the only. That's his only redeeming quality <laughs> at this point. That's his only redeeming quality at this point is that he's humble. That that does that yeah, doesn't equate to a football player. Yeah, uh, it don't. Yeah, I mean somebody will pick him up. Somebody will pay him. He yeah, definitely. He's wants, worth but... he's worth a bench. I mean he's better than what Dallas has. So, uh, Matt Forte, what y'all doing? He's at D's dealing with injury right now. Spurry got another two weeks before he's back. That's a, that's, that's, that's a real tough one because they got that young boy, and I, and I, I don't know why I can't think of his name now. Um, that's, that's killing it from there. Yeah, it's like the third or fourth round pick. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name right now either. But he's, he's I, I personally say it's awesome. It's time to move on. He doesn't really want to be there. He's making major money. He has the talent, but he is just a better version of um, homeboy from Houston right now. He still gets hurt like him, but Arian Foster, yeah, 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 Arian Foster. He's he's a better version of him because he's he's injured half less half the time less than Arian Foster. That's it. I mean, but I mean the. the... The thing is about with Matt Forte, this is his first year that he has a major injury. I mean, he's typically playing 16-game season. Yeah, uh, he's, all, he's always beat up, and I think it finally caught up to him this year. He missed he missed a game or two last year, I'm pretty sure. Nah, he played, he he played, he played a full season in 14 and 13, and then he missed one game in 2012. And most games okay. he missed up until this point in his career was a, a total of four games. That's it. Okay. I mean, five, five games, that's it. So he... He's a pretty healthy back, but you know, of course, when a back turns 30 years old, you're pretty much exiled and you won't want to shoot That's like the that's like the, the the kryptonite for running backs. They just be like, yeah. 30? Oh, nah. 30 I'm years old. Back. Even so, if they still beasting, like, like what? Adrian no Peterson, what? AP Bruh, is 30, right? He's about to be 30 years old. He's about to be 30. Oh, yeah. But he had a year off of football, though, too, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so so what about Tamba Ali? He ain't if you get the right that. price, you keep him. I mean, just because of like I said, the continuity with the team, he's a leader on the team um, as far as being a veteran, 
and he keeps some of the pressure off of Houston and and the other side of that line. But as far as paying him big money, he's not he's not big. You no, know he gonna anymore. want the big money though. You already but he's know. not he's not big money anymore. He's not. He's not. He's not, he's not big he money anymore. He has three and three and a half sacks in nine games. That's not big money. Nah, I'm gonna come in my not. office. I'm like, bro, can't pay you. Son. <laughs> you can go work at Target for all I care. Three and a half sacks. Nah. Right. So then, okay, last on the list, Eric Weddle. I mean, yes. there was already rumors and rumblings about him being traded right before the trade deadline. He don't want to stay, so don't keep him. You don't keep him. He, that, he wants to leave. Yeah, so don't keep him. He wants to. He, he wants to go. I mean, but still, if I was the Chargers, the defense is not that great. He's like one of your bright spots. I would try to keep him though, if I could. If he didn't want to be there, to no, know, but. I would try to keep Eric Weddle. I mean, in all honesty, it's unfortunate for Phillip Rivers, but it's time to rebuild, so just let yeah, him go. It's, yeah, you it's about you, that you time. Yeah, There's one player you forgot. There's one player you forgot, man. Uh, nah, it's your boy. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What's his name? Russell Okung, man. <laughs> 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 uh, so what you going to do, Kill? That's your team. What you going to do? Man. That's your tackle. You need him? You going to you gonna pay him the money because you know you're gonna want the money when we when we drafted him we thought we were getting the better player from between trent williams we ended up with a softer player than trent green you gotta talk to him. you gotta talk he's softer than trent green he's softer than he's softer than trent green he said he's more hurt man he's, he's terrible i can't you can't count on him to be there the entire time he doesn't do he didn't live up to the hype he didn't live up to what we expected out of him he can't He's, he's cupcake cookie dough, man. He doesn't he doesn't hold up to nothing. He's he's big. He takes up space. Pause. But he don't do nothing out there. All he does is is if Russell's running for his life half the time, it's obvious he's not doing his job. He's not Walter Jones. When you're used to having Walter Jones at the left tackle, you know what excellence is. He is nowhere near excellent. Mm-hmm. Like if he was, he's not. He's barely serviceable in my opinion to be paying big money for no there's better players out there there's new players coming in the draft every day whatever what have you he's not worth it to me so you toss him yeah I agree I mean since he's coming to the came to the league he hasn't played a full season not one time in his career not one time so if you're not available I mean you've already kind of played without him for the majority of the time anyway, so you can easily move on from Russell Cole. And he looks to be declining from my, my my perspective, just like he just, you know, at one point he showed dominance and now he's just not. He dominant. never showed dominance. He showed being solid. He like he did he had the same curve as the Brickishaw Ferguson. Ferguson showed up big in the beginning of his career and then like petered out at the end like he just kind of disappeared you don't hear his name ever in the beginning you heard it all the time but now you hear nothing from him and and Russell Okun is the same thing it's it's there's no there's no power to it there's no nothing it's just uh, he's just a guy on the line uh, that's it so you done with him yeah I'm, I'm, I've been done with him 
I've been done with him. I, I, he, he's there. He's our left tackle. We need him. I won't deny that we need him, but he's not worth any money. Yeah, well, I mean, tackles in the league, man. Then you need to in the league. I, I don't, you know, I, I, we know firsthand not having no tackle. What that look like on the Redskins? But I'm just, just teeing off on your quarterback. So, I mean, you do need tackles. I mean, Russell on call, he's, I guess he's serviceable. But right he's not, I mean, issue. we're leading the league in, in sacks right now. Like, sacks, Russell, Russell Wilson's been sacked the most in the entire league. Russell Wilson, not flat-footed Peyton Manning, not Kirk Cousins, not Jay Cutler, not Phillip Rivers, nobody but Russell Wilson. And for him to be leading the league in sacks as many as he avoids, it shows that everybody on that line is replaceable. Every single one of them. And that goes all the way back to what I said about the whole Jimmy Graham trade. We traded away Max Unger. It was a stupid move because what was the point of having a weapon? What's the point of having a weapon if you can't keep the quarterback upright to throw it to him? So uh, our whole offensive line is replaceable at this point. Um, Marshawn Lynch is looking rather pedestrian. Russell Wilson leading the league in sacks and all these mistakes. Where we have five losses, we have it took us almost two years to get five losses. Like, and now we are at five losses in one. That's pathetic. Forget it. It's done. We're we're just get the hell out and leave. All of you, all of you, go now. I don't want to see you anymore. Oh man, so yeah, you ready to clean house, man? I, I understand. The offensive, as far as the offensive line goes, we have all the other pieces, but our offensive line is just atrocious. So yeah, they all gotta go, in my opinion. We have we have what three uh, three converted defensive linemen to offensive linemen. I mean, who does that like as a a thing and makes them starters like from day one? Um, Jr. Sweezy, he developed. He had a chance to grow, but from day one, last year you were a defensive tackle. This year you're an offensive guard off the break without any kind of leading into it. No, that doesn't work for me. And it's not working for us at all. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Seattle got their work cut off for them anyway. So these next couple games, we're really going to see, you know, where they are as, as a team. Because um, that, that one they lost to uh, Arizona was a tough loss. That was a tough one. So we'll see how they bounce back this week. Moving on to another sport, we're going to basketball. And uh, Kevin McHale was fired this week. And he was fired, they said, reportedly, quotations, because he lost control of the locker room. And so they fired Kevin McHale, and then they, they, they went with interim coach J.B. Bickerstaff, son of Bernie Bickerstaff, who we know very well, used to be a Wizards coach back in the day. And they actually played last night under J.B. Bickerstaff's, you know, being a coach, his first time coaching, and the Rockets won in overtime, and James Harden had 45 and 11. But this is the thing: I watched the like the, the game in the, in the in the last part of the game. They should have lost the jump. They should have lost that game too. What do you call it? Brewer hit this fake three, like off one foot, like he just. Like caught the ball and just like shot. You know how you shoot a half court jump? He shot one of those. 
from like the three point line just because the time was about to expire and the jump just went in like, and then they went to overtime and then, you know, James Harden took over. But for real, for real, if it wasn't for that lucky shot, they would have lost that game too. So, and I didn't see no changes. Like, James Harden, don't be strapping up on D. The Bama, all he do is just score. I mean, the Bama is an insane score, but he shot 36%, which is not a good percentage. He just, I, I, I think that nothing's really going to change. I think they fired Kevin McHale prematurely. And and I said it before, but I think it's really Dwight Howard's fault. Dwight Howard is the coach killer. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Everywhere he go, is something happened with the coach because he don't play games, he's lazy, he take nights off, you know, he, you know, one game he'll be scoring, the next game he won't get no rebounds. It's like, dog, you could be the most dominant center ever if you if you just apply yourself every day. But he got baby mama troubles and all types of stuff. He can't, he can't. It's, I think, and this is my, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist a lot of times, but I just think that Kevin McHale just got the bad end of the stick. They were, they were, uh, what, four and seven when they let him go? Yeah, yeah, four and seven. I mean, he telling them to play play defense, that's what, I mean, of course you're going to lose a lot of them if you're talking to dudes who don't, like, play defense or have, you're asking them to play defense, you ask them how to block shots and get rebounds. He like, Young, I don't do that no more. All I do is just like throw up hook shots and just try to dunk on people when I can and just break free throws. Like that's what I do, coach. Don't bother me. Like that's it. You lose the superstars, you lose the team, so they, they fired them. What well, do y'all think that was the right decision for uh the Houston Rockets? Do you think JB Bickerstaff is gonna turn them around or they're done? I mean, I mean the thing is it's- the season, the NBA season is 82 games. You fired him after 11. I mean, the team just went to the Western Conference Finals, didn't they? Last That's where they went. So, you fire him now, he lost the team that quick? From last year, Western Conference Finals, to 11 games in the season, the team is lost, he's lost the team? I, I, I just don't get that. I, I don't get it. To me, it was way too early. Sounds and a little fishy too. They just gave him a contract extension too. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. It has to be something more to why he got fired. They didn't really say either why he got fired. They didn't. They didn't. They just say he was fired, and JB Berkerstaff was just the, you know, the new head coach. I'm like, why did he get fired? They went to the Western Conference Finals. They were on the heels of going to the NBA Finals without the White House, pretty much for that whole series. And then you fire him with all the injuries that team had last year, and he was able to still coach the team in the Western Conference and still make with the third seed or something like that. With all the injuries they had, I don't get how he lost the locker room that quickly in 11 games into the season. It oh, Dwight, Dwight Howard played 41 games last year. He That's won it. all them games without Dwight Howard. Like, he was like... That, well, and that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. Dwight Howard is barely been playing. So I don't understand why they decided to fire him like that. You know, to me that that could end up being a mistake. Cause that's the thing about a lot of owners. They you gotta have some type of consistency 
in your coaching staff. You're just firing guys just to get rid of guys because you don't like them or for whatever reason. But they're, sh- they're putting out a good product. The team is winning. The team almost went to the NBA Finals and you fired a coach. It just doesn't make sense. To me, there's something more to that story that's not being said. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I think a lot of times when it comes to these decisions with the coach is that a player like Howard, when the coach isn't getting the best effort out of players like Howard and Harden and the team has invested all this money into those players and they're stuck with those players, you have to do something to try and shake those guys up. Um, maybe having a different voice talk to them and being in charge of them is what the ownership and or GM is hoping for. But we've seen time and time again from Howard, it doesn't matter what he, where he is, what he is, he is, he is who he is. Um, I said from before he went to the Lakers that he wasn't going to help that team at all. You, when you look at what he was in Orlando, yeah, they went far into the playoffs, but the East was extremely weak when they did. Did they? They made it to the finals once, right? And then they got blown out. If I'm not mistaken, when when he was in Orlando, they made it to the finals. Yeah, they made it to the finals and they lost. Oh, and yeah, and they got blown out. Um, when when he was in the Eastern Conference and du- Dwayne Wade was dominating him in the paint, he couldn't stop Dwayne Wade in the paint. How can who's supposed to be the best center in the league? You can't stop a six foot three shooting guard. You, that tells me you're not the best center in the league if you can't do it. Dwayne Wade would kill him, fry him time and time again. LeBron would kill him, fry him time and time again. And you're supposed to be the best player in the Eastern Conference, one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. Um, and then you go to the Western Conference where it's nothing but big men that are dominating you and frying you. You're going to be useless. So he, ever since he left Orlando, he's been nothing. Has he even made an all-star game without being voted in? That's how you make uh, the All Star game. They vote. You always get they vote you win. No, but I mean by the fans. I mean by the fans. Basically, off his name, like off of any yeah. other, because the the players and the coaches vote the other guys in. So, I'm not voting for that man. Right, but I'm, I mean, after like his first year, I don't think he's been like any Bam kind of cupcake. being voted in. He's Dwight Howard. He, there's Dwight Howard, if you listening, you some trash, dog. He's tougher on he's tougher on his ex girlfriends than he is on opposing players. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's all there is to it. He he does he does nothing for you at all that you can't get from somebody else. Hassan Whiteside came out of the D League and is playing. See this time I always be talking about these Miami Heat players, man. No, but I mean it's the perfect (laughs) point though. He just had a triple double with uh, points, rebounds, and blocks. Dwight Howard don't do that no more. So. You're paying him money to be this guy, but you're not getting it. We're getting the same production out of other people that you don't pay money for. Other teams are getting production out of players that you don't pay money for. It just is what it is. There's nobody. Andrew Bogut is tougher than him, man. Andrew Bogut gets his nose broken. He's out there on the court, like, wanting to go back out that same day. This family's back hurts, and he got to go lay down in the corner and cry somewhere. And then he's out for a couple weeks. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me. There's players tougher than him. There's players bigger than him. There's players better than him. You're paying him all this money for what? The only center I can think of I'd rather have him over is Roy Hibbert. That's it. Yeah, then by, yeah I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have Rudy Gobert over Dwight Howard, even though DeMar DeRozan gave that by my NBA jam 
2K16 dunk on him last night. That jump. <laughs> yeah, that was nasty. It was. That jump was nasty. But at least he tried. The white wouldn't have tried. The white wouldn't have tried. The white wouldn't have tried. The white would have got out of the way. But I think you know, Rudy should have got out of the way too after I seen that jump because that <laughs> jump was bad though. It was one of them jumps like you know how we like back in the day when we used to lower the rim and the front like the one the rim be lowered to like six and a half <laughs> seven feet. And then Bamas would just like play 21 and just Bamas would just dunk and like grab you, cuff your head and just dunk on you and all. Like it was like one of them type jumps, like where the basket was lowered. Like it looked like he right. lowered the basket to dunk on him because Gobert like he chest to chest bumped him and just dunked the jump. And then I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, man, that jump. Yeah, it was bad. But yeah, Dwight Howard, he's trash. And uh, I think he's the reason why Kevin McHale got the bad rap because he probably told him you need to block more shots, you need to rebound, you need to. He probably just went up to management and started crying like these bam, you want me to win? I won with this sorry bum. He don't even play. He don't want to work. I can just see Dwight Howard now like practice, like playing around, like giving Bama's wedgies and like not even serious about like trying. You know what I'm saying? Trying to compete. Like everybody trying to practice. He's like, man, I don't need to practice. Like I can just see that type of attitude coming from him and like uh-huh. trying to coach that. That's a headache. Like, that's a headache. I know those type yep. of players, yeah. They on the team, they always joking. They get in the game, we get bodied, can't get rebounds. And, you know, I'm sure he probably like, you know, because he make the most money on the team or, you know, one of the higher contracts on the team, he probably feels entitled to stuff. And like, that's the worst thing you can do. That's why I'm afraid to like, I hope they don't go crazy with Kirk Cousins because if you entitled like a bum, like we're giving them a big contract then they have this like type of air and authority that they shouldn't have and you know what i'm saying you see it come out i mean i know aaron j color is your boy but like i think sometimes he be acting the way he act because he know he getting paid a, a rack of bread regardless and so it's like a, i ain't tripping like you know what i'm saying you need to get your block when you need to run you know but that's what you have with dwight Howard, and it's always been that way and you know even with the lakers Kobe was riding, you know, trying to get him to play better, and he was like, whatever, and Bama couldn't take it, so he left. In this circumstances, I guess they felt more obligated to, to Dwight Howard than they do to Kevin McHale, so, you know, when it came down to it, they were like, right, Kevin, you got to step. But they're going to find out it ain't no different. J.B. Biggers, Bernie Biggers' dad was a terrible coach, so I, I his son probably going to just fall right in line, in my opinion. Nothing's going to change. They're not going to play defense all of a sudden. Because they no, never not did. at all. Even when Kevin McHale was there, they didn't play defense real tough. He got him to like at least try, but JB Biggerstad has those legs, this legs to stand on. You think he can tell uh James Harden, you need to strap up your man and don't let Steph Curry score or whatever, whatever. Like he's gonna be like, man, whatever, dog. You're not gonna be here next year anyway. And that's probably how they're gonna carry it. So they're just gonna play street ball for the rest of the year and end up losing. Um I don't know if they make the playoffs. They do have talent on the team. I mean, they got Ty Lawson. They got Bams on the team. So, I mean, they'll probably just play rec ball and they'll, you know, maybe win 48 games. I don't know if that's enough. 48 to 54 games. I mean, that'll get you in the playoffs. But I don't think they'll be able to do anything past that. So, they'll be right back at square one next year. Um, uh, Moving on to our last topic for the night. The Tennessee Titans play the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight, Thursday night football. 
Um, what y'all be watching? Aaron, we ain't heard from you in 30 minutes, though. You gonna watch that game tonight? <laughs> I watch every game, so I'm going to watch it. But I can't imagine it being uh, one of the better games on the docket for the season on Thursday night. No, they yeah. could flex that joint if they could. But I mean, I guess they gotta yeah. give every every team a chance to be in prime time. I guess they do, dog. This is like the little courtesy jump for the for the yeah. weak teams, cause cause they put the two weakest teams on the dot. Like, I'm like, come on, dog. This jump, this is a track. This is like cellar dweller type jump. Two and seven <laughs> Titans versus the three and six Jacksonville Jaguars, dog. I just like I have no interest in this game. I'm actually it's my wife's birthday. I'm about to take her out. We're going to restaurants. I don't even care if they got TVs in the gym. I don't care. Like usually I'd be pressed. I'm like, yeah, we we can't we going to uh Red Robin or somewhere where it's like a TV where I can see like, you know, the game and still be, you know, yeah, I know how we do fellas. You know, you go to a place where you can still watch the TV. And my my girl like football, so she ain't really tripping off of it. But like this jump, I don't even care. Like I'm like I don't care about. The, I don't even got no fantasy players. I don't even pick fantasy Bamas off them teams because they just sorry. So I just stay away from them completely. <laughs> um, you know, even though Allen Hearns jive cooking, Robinson jive cooking for for the Jaguars. Blake Bortles ain't Blake playing Bull, too bad either. Blake, yeah, Blake Bortles playing some good football. Those kids. Yeah, now nah, you playing good, man. But I had three and six though. Can I really get hype for you though? I just, I mean, and, and surprisingly, these Bamas still got a chance, like in their division. So. I mean, I, I I don't know, man. Who who y'all got winning this? You know, we do this every week. Who you got winning, D? Jacksonville, Tennessee. Does it matter? Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably win by three points or something like that. I mean, I would say maybe the score is let's say 2017, something like that. 2017, Shaq Daddy, yeah. what you got? Who do I have winning this game? Yeah, who winning? Jacksonville or Tennessee? What's the score? My eyelids are winning this game because that's what I'm going to see. <laughs> I'm not watching. I don't care. This is just terrible. Move on, please. Uh, well, Aaron, what you going to do? Jacksonville, not Tennessee? Not touching it, but I, I like Tennessee by two scores. Tennessee by two scores? Okay. I, I actually, I'm rocking with Tennessee too. You know, I, I think Tennessee's defense is a lot tougher than they get credit for. And I think they'll just, I, I just think they'll just come ready to play. I, I, don't, I really don't have no faith in Jacksonville, Jacksonville uh, Jacksonville's defense. So, I mean, I always think like defense wins out if I got to choose between two teams. So I think Tennessee has the better defense. So I, I'm going with Tennessee with Aaron. I think the score will be like 20, 20 that, 2013, 2014, something like that. So, yep, I mean, like 17, something like that. Yeah, because I, I mean, I just can't see a whole lot of points being scored on a Thursday night, uh, you know, in this one, because these, these both of these teams are bad. So, um, that, that, that's it, really. Um, we got a lot of games coming up on Sunday. Um, that are good, should be good games, you know, divisional matchup, Minnesota and uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, that should be a good one. Um, the skins in Carolina, which I got Carolina putting in that work. Um, <clears throat> I just think we'll see 
the old Kirk Cousins, once again, he gonna come back. And what they gonna say? Like, they gonna make excuses. It's just a cycle here. It's just a cycle here. But if he's able to win this game, I mean, I think that'll change. I don't even change my perception. If he's able to beat the Carolina Panthers convincingly, then I might, you know, I might even change my tune on, on Kirk Cousins. Not the contract extension, but at least, you know, I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel and I can be able, I would be able to embrace Kirk Cousins, the thought of him being here for, you know, another year. Cause right now I just, I haven't seen anything to make me believe he's, he's the answer. So be definitely looking for that and checking for that. Um, that's it for real. Well, any Thanksgiving's coming up next week. Um, who you cooking, D? Nah, uh, not this year. Not this going year. To my, going to my sister's house, yeah, this year. Going to the sister's crib. Uh, oh, okay, that's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Shaq, you you on the stove this year, Shaq? Nah, man, my mother-in-law's cooking. Thank God, I ain't gotta do it. Yeah, I know. I know. Aaron <laughs> in the kitchen. Aaron in the kitchen, whipping that work. I just got the nose broken to me. I mean, the news broken to me two days ago that I was cooking fancy dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah. I think that nose broken wasn't a slip up. He probably wanted yeah, to yeah. my nose for something. <laughs> hey, no, that's the thing. Young, ain't you paying for it too? Oh, you you a good man, dog. You a good man. I'm uh I'm going I don't know what we what me and the missus going to do I think we're going to my uh my grandmother's and we'll go to her uh uncle her uncle's spot and eat there I don't know I don't know this is our first our first married Thanksgiving so it should be interesting how that jump how that plays out uh any last words anything yeah anything uh, DJ Fluka need to watch his brain because about to probably. Dead, so he need to stop getting concussions in practice. So. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Fluke got another concussion in practice. Like he gets concussions in practice, that means your head is soft, like your brain is like jelly. He's <laughs> <laughs> sliding down his head. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, got a, a helmet full of jello. <laughs> Oh, you gotta stop right now. Yeah, while he's still young, like, just retire now. Save, you don't wanna have, like, you go crazy because your brain, too many hits to the head, you can't talk straight. You're like, oh, man, stop, my brain. stop now. You got your contract, with your contract. You can literally split off of that. Yeah. My man, brain, Swiss miss. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, well, we'll be back here on Tuesday. Um, this is Black Sports 980. You can follow us at Black Sports 980, BLK Sports 980. You can tweet us questions, you know, suggestions, whatever y'all want to send us. And uh, we'll, we'll give you a shout out. Um, you know, talk about issues, talk about your questions, whatever it is. Uh, with that said, all right, I'll see y'all next week, fellas. And we'll, 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 we'll talk. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me! How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about Let me speak! How does that do feel? That. How does that do feel? Do